the TJU presents a flawless production of Poor baby. It's hard, buddy. I'm not used to that. Uh, Poor baby. Fucking. It's hard. I've been on the fucking calls randomly. Shit's fucking up. It's like, God damn, I don't know. Stop bothering me. Fix it. I've had pallets fall over. You've seen pictures of me having to pick up a lot of fucking shit. That's fine. I can do that. It's mental labor. It's harder. All right, fucking whatever. Take four. Mortal Kombat Part Six. No, stop, buddy. Come on, stop, start over. Come on, come on. I'm narrator. Liu Kang. Art Lee. I'm Johnny Cage. Raiden. Goro and Shang Tsung. <clears throat> Exterior. Ruined temple. Liu's point of view. I, I feel stupid saying POV or POV. The roof of the temple has caved in several places, and the walls are pierced with jagged holes it is set in, in the, the side of a of a mountain a coolie stoops under the weight of twin buckets attached to, so is coolie the person or is it the stick that has I think it's a it's a thing a coolie stoops under the weight of two buckets attached to a long pole carried across the shoulders the coolie yeah that's that that's a person it, it's oh, yes, it's so. when they have the it's weird okay the coolie enters the temple just say the person Interior, ruined temple. The temple is in temple is dim in places and blazing with sunlight that pours through the roof and others. The temple doesn't abandon so much as defiled, cluttered with debris. Only the banners of Mortal Kombat hung from the ceiling are new, oh, yeah. swaying in the slight breeze. Several kerosene lanterns are hung from spikes. The coolie stops in front of the bowl-like torch, which one which once burned with the sacred flame extinguished now the coolie puts down the yokes puts down the yoke of water buckets I, my mind looked at buckets so, and i put the s on yokes takes a ladle almost said ladle from one and sips when he turns we see it as raiden raiden's was it yep even the sip but he didn't bring in the stuff did he he did he left it there for Liu Kang. Oh, wait! When he, when he fought, the water that Liu Kang uses in the Sub Zero fight, Raiden is the one who brought it in and set it there. Oh, that's who that? I didn't know that. I gotta rewatch yeah. it. Yeah, buddy. Gotta rewatch it for them for the. Uh, I just the thought game. some random fucking. Oh no! Because he used water. Because he takes he a drink and it like, life. and he turns and it shows his face. Oh wow! Fucking thirty years, never fucking knew. <laughs> Fuck yeah! So we're funny. Raiden scowls at the blackened torch, and with a mini bolt of electricity, he relights it. Voices from outside cause him to turn and leave. <laughs> Interior, ruined temple, day. I fight here? In the temple? A mute monk shows Lu inside. Lu's eyes are drawn to the familiar flame. Hey. Lu watches the monk leave, then turns back and enters the darkness of the temple. A kerosene lantern hangs on the wall, lit. He takes it. New angle. An enormous shadow of a figure sprawls over the temple floor. Even in shadow, tendrils of mist curl around the body of the massive figure. So, so, so you're supposed to be hella huge? Yes. 
He's very short in the movie. Sub Yeah. It's just a normal dude. Sub Zero stands backlit in the fissure of a ruined wall watching him. Icy mist swirls around him and his breath is deep and sonorous. Sonorous. Like the lowest, almost inaudible note of a pipe organ, the temple seems to vibrate with the sound. As Sub-Zero slowly advances, Lou retreats using the entire temple to dodge the icy aurora of Sub-Zero as he closes into him. Lou remembers the kerosene lantern in his hand throws it hard. It shatters on Sub-Zero's body, engulfing him and several of the fallen beams around him in a sheet of flame. Lou steps back, hopeful as the tinder drywood roars into a red-hot inferno. Lou uses a burning board to ignite the Mortal Kombat banners, which burn... I like how they refer to them as mortal, just dragon banners. Which burn like fireworks around the hall. Yeah. Sub-Zero's flame covered... Sub-Zero's flame-covered form is in the center of the firestorm. Exterior ruined... Fucking so much blue, I forgot. Exterior ruined temple. Black smoke pours from the holes in the roof. Other combatants and monks gather at the site and move towards the temple. Johnny is drawn to the orange glow from within the temple, as is Sonia. Loose in there. Come on! And that's it for the buddy for a half hour. They I, I'm so toward. excited for this new blue line. I love the description that it gives. <laughs> Kia! <laughs> oh, god damn it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even realize it. Well, I mean, it's the name of it. The, the, yell, the yell is called the Kia. Is it? It's Kia, usually. In Korean, yeah, it's Kia. I don't know but you said Kia, but I'm hearing it, like, in my head, and it's funny as fuck, and I know I saw somewhere someone do that. Well, there was that uh, that Lonely Island movie, the Never Stop, Never yeah, Stopping. It definitely wasn't where that. It was a it was a karate <laughs> song. It was like Kia. Oh, it was, it like, the song was called Karate Guy. Like, I'm just a karate guy. Fire is everywhere now. Sub Zero bats the flames that cover his body. Lou takes up a piece of the beam from the fallen roof and runs at his adversary, using it like a battering ram. Aya! The force of the blow knocks the force the force of the blow knocks the huge figure of Sub-Zero back into the debris. Lou takes a second lantern and hurls it onto the he's just throwing fucking fire at him, uh, into the collected mass of fallen beams and roof tiles. It explodes in a massive red hot flame. Sub-Zero is invisible in the heart of the fire. New angles. Every door, window, and hole in the wall is full of faces, peering in at the ferocious ferocious combat. Johnny, breathless, stands in the doorway. <clears throat> Sonia comes up beside him. Neither speaks. The fire spreads to the roof rafters overhead. A cold, gray cloud rises from the heart of the fire, a freezing mist. That shot backs up. It rolls along the stone floor, enveloping Lou, who winces in pain as the frigid mist turns his hair and eyebrows white with frost. He staggers back and falls, overturning one of the water buckets near the sacred flame. The water fans out on the floor and freezes solid as the rigid mist rolls over it. Lou staggers to his feet, backing away from the rolling mist, his eyes on fire where Sub-Zero is imprisoned. But the fire is dying, chilled to extinction by Sub-Zero. Sub-Zero stands still, stock still in the heart of the burning timbers, willing the tremendous biological engine inside him to lower the 
temperature further and further until the flames which engulf him dim, turning blue and flicker out. Isn't blue flames hotter? So that's wrong, right? Uh, the flames uh, around Zelda, him begin to... Hot. In Zelda, they don't hurt. Oh, yeah, because I thought the... Okay. The... <laughs> that's the old school Zelda, buddy. It's not new school. The flames around him begin to die as well, uh, quenched by the invisible, incredible cold generated by the massive form. I wonder, let us know in the Discord or anywhere that if anybody can understand the story from all my fuck-ups, because I say words that aren't there, and then I say the right words, and I just want to know if anybody can follow along with the story. Uh, the also, if you notice, not a single line of dialogue from Scorpion or Sub-Zero. Well, that's how it was in the movie, too, right? It was. It was Scorpion said to get over here and get down here. Well, they haven't gotten to that fight yet, so... You know, Scorpion's already dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I lost my spot. <laughs> Sorry. I forgot. Uh, this massive form as it once again steps forward. Sub-Zero is covered in frost. His features cobalt blue. Oh, okay, we just saw him in the flash. His smile glistening like polished well, I lacquer. Did, he raised... I seen clips. He raised a hand in another icy blast. He emanates from it. Cool. Wider shot. The flaming banners are quenched by a blast of frigid frosty air. The scorched cloth falls like panes of glass from to the stone floor and shatter. Katana appears in a fissure in the far wall. Lou sees her and remembers once again her riddle-like message. Lou frowns. So do I say this? Oh, oh yeah, yep. he does, huh? Yep. Use the force which brings life. He is standing next to the second bucket of water, still attached to the pole. Finally, he realizes and looks down at the frozen puddle of water spreading out from the overturned buckets near his feet, reflecting the red flames of the burning ceiling overhead. Not fire, water. Sub-Zero approaches slowly, moving in for the kill. A flaming section, Jesus Christ, the blue. Flaming section of roof suddenly plummets to the very center of the temple, creating a new towering wall of flame between Sub Zero and Lou, hotter and brighter than anything so far. Sub Zero lowers his body temperature still further until the very air around him freezes and falls like crystals to the, to the stone slab. He begins to walk slowly through the wall of flame. Lou clutches the pole attached to the remaining bucket and two handed and two-handed, he begins spinning it around like an Olympian making a hammer throw. Faster and faster as Sub-Zero passes unscathed through the last wall of fire. Last wall of flames separating them. You already know, yeah, Lou's point of view appears to spin faster and faster with each revolution. The faces of the onlookers become blurred streaks. Oh, I get it. Those are the cameras in the, the bucket. Uh, becomes streaks. Uh, in the doors and windows, Sub-Zero looms larger and larger, moving in for the kill. Sub-Zero releases another icy blast from his raised hands. The bucket now has so much centri centrifugal force to that Lou can barely hold the pole attached to it. With a fiery, uh, with a fierce cry, he releases his grip. The bucket flies off in a straight trajectory in extreme slow motion, mind you. It stumbles, it tumbles through the air, releasing its contents. Water. Yeah, we fucking know. The water separates into smaller streams that elongate as it hurls through the air 
and one long jagged stream that stretches out into jagged conical form just as it passes through the frigid blast of air. The water frees instantly, forming several smaller icicles and one long heavy one. Sub-Zero is struck still Sub-Zero is struck still in extreme slow motion in the face. Oh, we can see that. By the smaller icicle, the drive they drive in like needles, then spikes, jagged darts pierce his face. He opens his mouth, scream in pain. The sound slowed to a strange low groan, and his hands slowly rise toward his injured face, then brutally resumed at normal speed as, it, as the much larger icicle, now a long, jagged crystal spear, trans, transpierces, trans, stabs Sub-Zero. The sharp, jagged point sticks well out of his back, and the thick end of the icicle cone lodges in his chest. Loose, oh my god, so much blue. Loose stands, his mouth gaping. <laughs> Even he can't believe it. Sub Zero, how is there not this much dialogue in a movie? This is a big fight. Scene, more. Nobody. That didn't happen. It was literally two, like two seconds. It got changed. Even he can't believe it. Sub Zero is bewildered as he stares, in no apparent pain now, down at the huge icicle sticking through him. Then, as if the frigid internal reactor inside him had reached critical mass and imploded, his own body begins to freeze to solid ice. Starting at the feet and moving quickly upward, Sub-Zero is transformed into a strange ice sculpture, dully translucent, lit as if from within by the wall of flame behind him, flickering a dull, opaque, reddish-orange. His hands try to yank the giant spear from his chest, but they freeze to immobile, to immobile crystal as huh? Oh, okay. They freeze to immobile crystal as well. Now only Sub Zero's head is still alive, moving as he looks to the ceiling and bellows a lament, lament to his own death. The head freezes. The light within the ice statue dims. The eyes turn frosty and opaque. Wide your shot. None of the onlookers utter a sound as they stare into the temple. Lou and the ice statue form a strange tableau inside a circle of burning timbers, fire and ice. Lou's own momentum has brought him to his knees in front of Sub-Zero. He stares up at the frozen creature towering over him as the flame flames dance and reflect off the ice. New angle, temple. From a gaping hole in the temple wall, someone else is watching the bout along with the others, Raiden. Then he turns and moves away. Exterior here, ruined temple, Raiden. Smoke rises high in the air and wafts over the grounds as Raiden moves away. He stops. Katana stands in the distance. They exchange a glance. Interior, Great Hall. It is the last bout out of the long first day and torches illuminate the hall. Johnny and Sonia enter through the crowd and spot Sang Shung, sitting in a balcony in place of honor above the fighting arena. Shang Sonia and smiles chillingly. She almost cringes. Finally yellow. Johnny notices and pushes Sonia away from the hypnotic gaze. They make their way forward to the ring. Art Lean is already there, warming up, staying loose. His shadow punches and kicks are beautiful to behold. Johnny watches in admiration as he approaches Art's corner. Art sees him. Hey, how's it going? I'm still here. So far, so good. Who are you fighting now? Goro. 
Art continues warming up. Johnny tries to hide his alarm. He keeps his tone upbeat. Look at the draw, huh? Hey, I'll give you some tips. Let me be your corner man. Corner man? Why? I've seen Goro. So much blue. Art no. nods grimly and continues his vigorous punch kick combination. Uh, what is it? Down, diagonal, right. Uh, X, am I right, buddy? Isn't that a... Spoiler alert, no. when I'm learning uh, I'm learning KI, that's the hard Hadouken with, with uh, Jago in or something, ain't it? You know it. Like down, diagonal, right, X or some shit? Yep. See, I'm fucking learning. Uh, art, uh, not yet. Um, art nods grimly. Uh, 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 terrific roar. Uh, sound Johnny has heard before in the caverns. Goro. Johnny and Art both turn at the sound and walk to the far entrance. Uh, a a bunch of barakas come first, clearing a path. The huge drums are beating in a slow cadence as Goro makes his entrance appearance uh, in his grim, crimson cape. He did have a jacket on his cape, huh? Yeah, he's a prince, buddy. Yeah, you ever seen Brown back? It was his cape. I don't know what that is. This is dad. Oh. Uh, uh, buddy, I just know him comics. and fucking Mataro. He's or not comics, Mataro, the, the, the other one. Kintaro? Uh, yeah, Kintaro. Yeah, uh... Right? That was the one with the tiger on his back, right? It is. Yeah, that, that, I only know Goro and him. There is a wave of exclamation from the hall at the side of him. He moves majestically to the arena. Too bad the animatronics can keep up with the script. And climbs up onto the platform. Then he unbuckles his cape and lets it drop, revealing the forearms. The crowd gasps. The drums beat more rapidly. Sonia and Lou. Loose. Why did. Okay, okay camera. Lou silently joins Sonia, both almost hypnotized by Goro's presence. Sang Shung watches from his place of honor, attentive, missing nothing. Art and Johnny study Goro. Art is amazed, but forces himself to remain calm. Any advice, coach? Stay out of the clinches. Yeah, yeah fucking duh. Great advice. It's like in movies buddy. when they're like, it's like it's like in movies when they're about to go to war and it's like, you know, fucking any advice, don't die, fucking duh. It's a but it's a laugh moment. I I hate that trope. I hate that trope so much. Be, be something useful. Be like, yeah, sometimes the guns jam. Make sure to do this. Oh, thanks, thanks, Captain. And then when the the fucking they jump out the plane, they immediately get shot. Like that's that's how you do it. Like Art uh, smiles. No, good. Like what? Uh, I can't remember the name of the fucking movie. The army zombie movie. The Nazi like uh, zombie movie with the Wyatt Russell came out a couple years ago. Over, not overkill. The movie opens in like a plane, and they're they're like drop, and they jump out to go to like to land in Germany, but they're just like getting fucking destroyed by guns. <laughs> yeah, see, like that. Good movie. Uh, Art's smile is tight and crooked as he continues warming up. Goro turns his back on his adversary and with two of his arms 
ties his flowing mane of hair in a long ponytail reaching down to his waist. Then he turns with no further warm-up and eyes artling coldly. The mute monk, obviously the head referee for the tournament, moves solemnly to the center of the mat and holds out his hands. Holds his hands out. The two fighters advance and bow. The monk withdraws. Art doesn't hesitate. He attacks full out, punching, kicking, landing many of his blows. But if oh, but if Goro feels them, he does not react. Johnny cheers wildly from the sidelines. The human contingent of the crowd joins in while the fighters from Outworld watch silently. Art lean faints? Faints? What is that? I'm not sure where you're at. I'm in the, the, the big, the, the blue paragraph right above you. It says the human contingent oh, faints. crowd joins in. Faints? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Faints, then uh, leaps and lands a powerful kick, staggering Goro. Goro bellows with rage, his voice shaking and shaking and rafters, shaking the rafters and counterattacks with his four fists flailing like windmills. That's kind of cheating. Art dodges the mighty fists, but is forced to give ground. Art cannot get through the forearm defense to follow up on his momentary triumph. Goro stalks Art, now studying him for weaknesses. This is how the fight that Cole Young should have... This is how his fight should have ended up. Make him come to you! But, Don't let him grab you! I can't wait for the second movie. But Art Lean is not a defensive fighter. He attacks, appearing to drive Goro back, but it is only a ruse. Suddenly, Goro's lower two arms snake out and grab Art. Art Lean is pinned by the massive hands and lifted off the mat. He struggles ferociously to set himself free. Goro... Goro's eyes, uh, Artlene's reflection. Artlene's struggling form is seen in the pupil of Goro's large, dark eyes. As he is lifted up face to face, Art tries to claw his eyes, but Goro holds him at arm's length. Johnny falls, God damn my nose. Johnny falls silent, fearly for his, fearly for his new found friend. I thought they'd been friends. Lou and Sonia look on grimly. Crowd falls nearly silent. Goro and Artlene are face to face. Goro studies a struggling man in his clasp. Okay, but he's not paying attention. I wasn't. Yes. You fought well. Uh, Shang becomes enraged at this. He holds up his hands, commanding. Finish him. Goro looks up toward Shang and a trace of fear flickers in his eyes. Then something then something very like regret. Art Artlean makes one last desperate ploy to free himself. Sensing the worst, Goro's fist raises high over his head. It hesitates a moment, then plunges down. Johnny turns his back, sickened. Lou and Sonia cringe. Sonia cannot hide the tears, which <laughs> That's cringe, moment, bro. which suddenly well up in her eyes. <laughs> Goro's other fist comes up and strikes brutally down. Artlene hangs unconscious, like a ragdoll in Goro's monstrous grip. Goro studies his handiwork like a, with a little grunt. He is neither pleased nor displeased. It was inevitable. The Hall. Various... The Hall. It's, 
suddenly enveloped in a strange light, a mysterious wind begins to blow, causing the torches, torches, the torches to flicker and dim. Everyone looks around, baffled, even frightened. Sang Sheng is enveloped in a glowing aura, not just light and smoke. There is just a trace of something else, some ghost-like entity swirling around him. His eyes are closed, his bony fingers outstretched, pointing down at Goro. Goro stares up at his master. His huge head sags a moment. Then he carries the limp form of... <laughs> I don't know why I just thought of Limp Biscuit. Every time I see Limp, it's always Limp Biscuit. Uh, of Art Lean, just below Shang, and goes down to one knee. His two free hands form a gesture of offering. Uh, the Aurora is brighter now. There are glimpses of something within the Aurora. Faces, ethereal, distorted, fleeting. And now there is a terrible sound. A mixture of moaning and shrieking, a dissonant chorus, almost musical. I, in my head, I read this line at like Fred Durst. Flawless victory! Um, oh God, that is! Oh my God, that is so good. The whole script is missing out. <laughs> Flawless victory. Which that doesn't make sense because Art hit him earlier and knocked him back. That's not okay. Uh, uh, in the movie, when. Sub-Zero froze that monk that did the kick. That was Flawless Victory. He never got hit. I know. Interior Hall. Shang. Night. God, so much blue. Shang reaches <laughs> out, his arms extending impossibly far. The hand forming a talon-like claw, which seems to reach out and wrench something from Artlene's form. Artlene's spirit begins to stream like smoke from his mouth, pouring out, twisting and being pulled toward Shang. Johnny, Luke, Kang and Sonya watch as for a second the wispy ectoplasm forms into the features of Hartleen, contorted, anguished, damned. Shang, the aurora, the aura, the aura receives this new spirit. Shang breathes in deeply as if inhaling the new soul. The ectoplasm is absorbed. The aura dims, diminishes, disappears. Shang's eyes blink once and double reflection of Art Lean as in, encased in two glass marbles, pleads and beats at two concave walls in the glass like a prison. Then he slides away and tumbles into darkness. The eyes blink again returned and return to normal. Lou stands numbly, overwhelmed by the realization that this horror happened to Chan and could happen to him. The Hall. Every eye is on Sang Shung. Every face shows awe and fear. Gora remains in his submissive posture, knee to the mat. Art Lee's lifeless corpse in his arms. Then respectfully, he lays the body on the ground in front of him, contemplating it as Shang sweeps his triumphant gaze over the assembly below him. Your friend is an excellent company. He has joined a formidable band of warriors. Who will join him? Who will be next? Oh, fuck yeah. Remember the tagline? Wasn't that the tagline for MK11? You're next? Uh, the last couple have been like, who's next or you're next or whatever. No one, not even Lou, dares meet Shang's cold gaze. Exhilarated, Shang leaves the hole. Exterior, great hole. Thank God there's yellow. Oh, last page. Oh, wait, sir. Yeah, finally. Johnny, Sonia, and several other humans carry 
from the hall, shoulder high, Art Lean's body. Now wrapped in a white shroud, a solemn, solitary drum beat, a slow cadence from somewhere inside the hall. They carry the corpse past Raiden, who watches stoically. Lou accosts Raiden. Could have stopped that. I told you, I cannot interfere. That's why I left the temple. All this mumbo jumbo about about the power of reason and light. But where are you when we need you? Where is that power? The power is in you. If the gods decide man's destiny, then there is no free will, no choice. In Outworld, the Emperor makes every decision. You have to only to obey. Is that what you want? Lou glares at him fiercely, and Raiden, saddened, turns and walks slowly away. Lou points to the pallbearers of the corpse. What choice did he have? He chose to fight and die a free man. If Outworld wins this tournament, no mortal man will ever have that choice again. It is a blistering rebuke. Raiden stands his ground, eyes blazing until Lou, frustrated and angrily, stalks off. Raiden shakes his head and turns to see that Johnny Cage has left the funeral cortege. Corsage? Cortege? And stands studying him. He has heard everything. Raiden turns and walks away. End Just of part away. six. That's the end of part six.